0: Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. It's holiday time. Have you gone to visit your auntie or uncle or mom or dad or grandma or grandpa and noticed that they might need some extra care? They might not be able to handle the big house or food shopping or their medications, all sorts of different things that we might discover Particularly around a holiday when we're not quite sure exactly what uh, what we need to do, but we gather together because we want to celebrate uh, wonderful family times, and then we realize that we need some extra help in the home. Well, today I am delighted to have the head of CareSift, Nicole. Coglietta, who developed this entire program after spending years as an ER social worker and discharge planner, realizing that we have a need in our community to help connect families and care providers, and to really help to demystify that process of what to do when you think somebody needs help, to helping figure out what the best source of help is for them, and how can that all be incorporated in an easy, seamless way that doesn't involve having to wait until things get bad enough that somebody gets admitted to the hospital. So I am delighted to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Kozak. It is an honor to be here.
0: Well, you know, I love the idea that there you were working in an emergency room, and you were doing what some of my colleagues and I do now. We we give people a list of potential resources. We tell their family, call these places, and it doesn't really feel completely done or fulfilling for me when I do it but that's also what you noticed was happening as well tell me the origin story what made you say i've got to do something about this
1: it's interesting because i helped so many families through this process and you know giving them lists of information just like you did but it wasn't until I was on the other end of this that we had to medevac my grandfather in from a neighbor island, and I was given 24 hours to find total care for him, that I realized what a struggle this is for our local families. I, myself, as a medical social worker and a discharge planner, couldn't find affordable care for my loved one. And I thought, something has to be done about this. That's, that is really why we started CareSift.
0: Wow. Your own grandfather. And you were given 24 hours. Yes. (laughs) I don't even know how you would even start with that. So what happened? What did you do?
1: So I started cold calling down that list of care providers that I knew, driving around in the middle of the night, looking at these places and basically starting from scratch, interviewing each care provider while in crisis and really stressed out and overwhelmed Um, and, and And at that time, I I also had to negotiate pricing with all of these care providers because I had no idea what the cost of care for the different levels of care were at that time. So in starting from scratch and, and struggling through that process, I found a need in the community.
0: Well, we're just lucky that you're able to meet that need because, you know, even as a provider, I'll have family members call me and I'll be like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how much care is at different levels. So you reference different levels. So let's talk a little bit about the common signs that people may notice in their loved ones that they need some extra help. Now, in your case, you had 24 hours medivac grandfather. There's a lot of signs that you only had 24 hours to, (laughs) to read and fix. But what might be some of the other things? You know, we just had Thanksgiving. Christmas is in, you know, what, a week and a half, two weeks. People are going to visit their loved ones. They're going to see, hey, there's somebody in a different situation than I thought. What are some of the signs that someone needs help at home
1: or they need help in general? Thank you. A lot of the calls that we get from families is when they're first starting out and they may call in and say, you know, dad had a fall at home and he lives alone. And we're just not comfortable um, having him home alone anymore without supervision or mom may start getting uh forgetful and maybe has been missing her medical appointments and you know they see their loved one slowing down or losing weight i mean those are all really good signs that you know trust your instinct if you feel that mom or dad need more care or supervision or someone to check in on them i would say that's a good time to start researching options because as a social worker, you know, I really believe that we should take a proactive um, a proactive uh, approach, approach to this. Yes, thank you, thank you. Instead of reactive, we don't want to wait until crisis occurs and mom had a fall at home before we start researching what our care options are. We want to try to anticipate those needs.
0: Well, because, you know, I'll notice it if somebody comes to see me and I'm like, well, your blood pressure is really high. Did you take your blood pressure medicine? Oh, I think so. And then we can check with the pharmacy and they may not have picked it up for the last four months. So I'm seeing it in a reactive position when it's already happened. And you're saying there might be some signs that it could be a proactive idea. If you get that gut sense, somebody's not doing what they need to be doing, then you got to intervene. You got to do something.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And if you have long-term care insurance, then you should definitely start researching what type of options will be available to me in the future, right? What will my plan reimburse me for? And, and so you can start um, looking at all of your options here locally in Hawaii and figuring out what is important to your quality of life and and, and what type of uh, facilities would you be interested in in the future.
0: Wow. So I was thinking this was for everybody else. And you're like, oh, no. Think about what you want yourself. Okay, so I'll put it on my to-do list If i got to get on that. Now, the key about long-term care insurance is a lot of long-term care plans require that you can't do certain activities of daily life in order to qualify to tap into those resources. You might still be able to do a bunch of stuff, but you might still need some extra assistance. So in some cases, you might not even be able to tap into that yet if you're really proactive this could just be somebody coming to your house, doing the laundry, cleaning the dishes, making meals in preparation, things that might be difficult to do as you get older.
1: Yes. And at that point, the cost of care uh, would be minimal. And so you could improve your quality of life and, and, and lengthen your independence by getting care in while it's affordable um, and reserving your long-term care insurance for when you really need it, right, or your resources later down the road, maybe- preventing yourself from having that fall or being without care
0: because there are a lot of policies these days have a limit a certain number of years
1: yes absolutely
0: original policies were as long as you live we will cover you and if you go to get a policy now there's usually a certain limit they may cover for two three four certain number of years but it may not be forever so tap into that when the time comes not too soon and hopefully not too late
1: Yes, exactly. That's really important. Also, you want to look at all of your resources, all of your benefits, because if you have this wonderful long-term care insurance policy, uh, but you have limited income after you use that plan, uh, you want to make sure that you have something in place for the future. Because a lot of people come to me calling and asking about long-term care Medicaid. But if you don't meet the medical requirement for long-term care Medicaid, even if you financially meet that requirement, you know, Medicaid is not going to pay for your cost of care. So uh, you have to plan ahead, right? And plan for the long-term.
0: And that's one of the hardest things to do if you're already 85. Yeah. I mean, you're already in the long-term, you're there. And when you start to need services, Doing your own research, you know, may not be that easy. The internet may not be available. You may not have such an easy time. So what would be the first piece of advice that you would give a loved one or or even just a client who came to see you who said, I think my, my auntie, my parent, I think they're going to need some type of live-in aid or some regular person to come in and check on them. And in the next few years, they may need to go to another location. There's a lot going on right now with the concept of aging in place, trying to keep somebody, particularly with memory issues, staying in their own home as long as they can safely do so. But there may come a time when that's no longer possible. While it's still safe to do so, what sort of things should people look out for? And and how do they find people that are safe to come into their home to do laundry and other sorts of things? who do they call? What what You've interviewed a lot of these folks. How do they get in touch with that network?
1: Thank you. So CareSift is, uh, we provide single point of entry for long-term care resources throughout the state of Hawaii. So if families are interested in different uh, private hire caregiver agencies that are licensed, bonded, and insured, we help educate them about all of those different resources. And if the time comes where the care that they can provide in home exceeds what their loved ones, if their loved ones care exceeds what they can provide at home, I'm sorry, um, that's when we help them explore facility options or community options, and and we help explain all the different types of uh, facilities out there, the cost of care, what they provide, and I feel that helping families make informed decisions on care contributes to our seniors' uh, quality of life, and so that's really the goal for us, you know, helping families make informed decisions.
0: All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we will continue our discussion with Nicole Coglietta from CareSift, and we will be talking about what are the different types of facilities? What does it mean by level of care needs? Are they all the same? What might your loved one be needing at this moment? And what is that called? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we're trying to demystify how you figure out where to get extra assistance for your loved ones, or your neighbors, or your friends or family, if they need actual help at home or possibly even to go to a facility. So I have Nicole Cochietta from CareSift. She is a former emergency room social worker and discharge planner who received the ultimate lesson in life when her grandfather had to be emergency airlifted and you had to find care in 24 hours. After accomplishing that incredible goal, this became your life mission, and I'm so glad that you've been able to take this on. Now, you mentioned different levels of care and types of facilities. For those people who aren't really familiar with what that means, what is that?
1: Okay. So there are a lot of different options in Hawaii, and it ranges from, you know, in-home caregiver agencies to adult daycare programs, adult day health programs. Uh, Then families look at facilities. There are adult residential care homes, community care foster family homes, assisted living communities with independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Uh, we also have what we call CCRCs in Hawaii, continuing care retirement communities, and skilled nursing facilities that provide both rehab and long-term care. So there are a lot of options out there, but each facility provides a different service and a different level of care and, you know, some of them will accept Medicare, some will accept Medicaid, some will accept long-term care insurance. And when you throw all of these different factors into the mix with with personal preference, needs, and budget, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. It's very complex.
0: Yeah, you had me as I could not write down all those different levels of types of facilities that you mentioned. So, you know, it starts from being in the home to being in a facility. and. From those two ends of the spectrum, there's a lot of different options. So we've talked a little bit about bringing care into the home, having people come, custodial care, medicine management, do the laundry, do all those sorts of things. Adult daycare is another interesting concept that prior to the pandemic was was a lot of different facilities had these operations available where you would drop off your loved one, your elderly loved one, and they would stay in a they would stay in a location with other people around their same age, and they would do arts and crafts and different sorts of things and maybe go on little excursions and kind of have engagement during the day so that they would be able to have not just someone watch them and also help them to go to the bathroom, et cetera, provide meals, but also social interaction instead of just staying at home. You mentioned adult day health. I've never heard of that.
1: So adult day health is similar to adult day care, but they have different requirements. So Uh, Adult day care does not typically staff nurses, but adult day health programs do staff nurses, and a lot of times they will provide a higher level of care. Uh, There's sometimes an additional fee for that, uh, but the fee is very similar to adult day care programs. So in that situation, again,
0: group environment, your loved one sleeps in their own house at night or with their in the house of their children or, or family or loved ones, but during the day, they have some supervised level of, of interaction with other people. Now, you also mentioned that there are community care programs and that there are care homes where you would go to the facility, but there's also private care homes that are often run usually by nurses or nurses' aides. And they have in their own home where they live a certain number of beds available to help take care of other individuals. So that's another level of care where your loved one would live in someone else's house designated as a care facility with some other seniors and maybe become part of their their family and do some of the family activities. You could always go visit them and see them, but that would be another opportunity for them.
1: Yes. So we have two types of care homes in Hawaii. We have the community care foster family homes that are meant to support the Medicaid population. And they typically have two to three residents in the home. And then we have our adult residential care homes. And we they're also known as arches in Hawaii. And they typically have about five residents in their home. But uh, these are smaller residential, non-institutional settings.
0: And so if somebody doesn't want to be in a place where You know, they think about nursing homes having, you know, 10 rooms down the hall and two people to a room. That would be this home-like environment that you're describing.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And then even to the
0: point where assisted living, where someone may live in an independent setting in their apartment, but if they need assistance, there's a certain level. I kind of think of Plaza for this, some of the other places that would potentially care when you need it, but you don't have to have it but there is a group meal setting and certain things are provided for you.
1: Yes. So those types of communities really focus on quality of life because they have these amazing restaurant-style meals. They have a lot of great amenities. Um, You you don't have to worry about cooking and cleaning and managing the home. Uh, And they have all these a la carte services that are available as you need them. And then you mentioned memory care. So that's a totally
0: different... Situation. So if you were someone who was living by yourself but were wandering outside or maybe had some issues with leaving the stove on, you may specifically need to be in an environment that understands your memory difficulties and can help you thrive in that situation. So there's a difference between assisted living without memory and then having that extra memory care.
1: Yes, absolutely. And there are also nursing facilities that specialize in memory care. There are also licensed adult residential care homes that specialize in memory care. And these assisted living facilities also have memory care floors designated to help individuals with memory care needs.
0: Particularly to avoid letting them wander outside and somehow harm themselves or be in a situation that could potentially be problematic. And then there's what we, what I remember my great-grandmother being in when I was younger is a traditional nursing home. So it looks like a hospital, it feels like a hospital, but it's not the same acute care as a hospital. It's just where she lived at a, between 100 and 103, she lived out three years of her life there. So that's sort of complete nursing home, needs nursing care all the time. So that's the full gamut. Help at home, 100% nursing care 24-7
1: yes that is the wide range and families have budgets of all shapes and sizes uh you know sometimes they can just afford a caregiver to come in a few hours a day to supplement what the family is already providing and sometimes we have individuals that need total care and we also get calls you know late at night or early in the morning because crisis doesn't always occur at the most ideal time it never
0: occurs at the most (laughs) ideal time
1: so when families do go into crisis and they need care immediately and they're not going to get admitted to the hospital i want them to know that there is a service available uh, that can help them navigate all of these different long-term care options and we try to make ourselves available at all times so we we do actually have a 24-hour call center
0: wow all right i'm dr kathleen kozak you're listening to The Body Show, when we come back, we're going to talk about CareSIFS 24-hour call center and what sorts of types of calls do they get. And we'll hear about a few success stories of things that they've been able to do to really help people thrive as they get older. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm talking today with Nicole Coglietta from CareSift. She was inspired to create this organization to really help people to to find the right location for the care for their loved ones and to help people be proactive in managing what their needs may be as they get older. Now, right before the break, you mentioned a 24-7 call center. I thought I was somehow the only 24-7 call center. (laughs) So... As you mentioned, crises happen at all different times. And if somebody's, you know, they have a fall, they go into the hospital, into the emergency room, they didn't fracture anything, they are discharged to go home, and yet their children say, I can't take off from work tomorrow. I can't live with mom forever. What do I do? Mom can't stay home by herself tomorrow. Oh, no, it's 4 a.m. They call you. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Okay.
1: So what do you do? Well, we try to put, you know, their minds and their heart at ease by letting them know there are options available and that there's a wide range of services. And we explain all of the different resources to them and let them know that we will go through this whole process with them from A to Z so that they're never alone. And, um, you know, hopefully they'll be able to sleep at night after they talk with us, knowing that they're going to have support throughout this process. And, you um, And we do follow up with them forever. You know, if if anything changes in their life and they may need a different level of care or they have questions uh, about any of these resources, we try to be there for them. If problems arise, we we help them problem solve any barriers or obstacles that may come up. Uh, And we're basically just trying to help support these families so that they have all the information on the table so that they can make informed decisions for their loved ones and their family.
0: Now, the other real key about this, which I think is amazing, is that utilizing your services is not of cost to seniors or their family.
1: That's correct. So this is a free service for seniors and their family. You still need to pay for the cost of care that you decide on getting, Um, but our support in helping you learn about all these different resources is a free long-term care navigation for you. So you no longer have to go at this process on your own. Now, we are paid and supported by all the different care providers that we work with statewide, and that is why it's free for seniors and their family.
0: And you have a staff of, like, 13 people. There's this beautiful Christmas card I have I'm looking at, and you guys are all at the beach <laughs> giving Chaka signs, looking all calm, like you're not getting calls at 4 a.m. <laughs> so, so there's a whole group of people, all islands.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, and so if anyone needs care, we all support each other. We work together. Uh, some calls are more urgent than others. And so if somebody needs care immediately, we can help them research and set up care and as quickly as two hours.
0: Wow. That's, that's a turnaround. That's even faster than sometimes I'm able to return phone calls in my office. So now you're making me feel bad. Now, I'm sure you've had some success stories. CareSift has been around for how long now? Six years. So do you have any sort of memorable time other than, I mean, obviously you did a great job with your grandfather. He inspired this whole process. Do you have any memorable moments that you can recall? Any particular individuals that really had a crisis and you were able to see them through that? And now they're still thriving,
1: yes, so um I love all the families that I work with, and because you're because we're helping families during times of crisis, we really get to know them and, and you know establish a really great trusting relationship with them uh, but one family that really comes to mind is a family that had already been halfway through this process they had been going to in-person different community care foster family homes, interviewing the caregivers, um, asking about their pricing, and then they learned about CareSift and connected with me. And in our first conversation, I quickly learned that their long-term care insurance policy would not reimburse them if they had chose a community care foster family home. And they were dependent on that uh, policy to pay for dad's care because the cost of care in Hawaii is pretty high. And so we quickly turned things around. We started looking at adult residential care homes, uh, and they actually found their you know, forever fit for dad. And he did really well, and he's been there for several years. He's still there. And, um, and I've become so close to the family that the daughter's a good friend of mine now. Wow. <laughs> so I get updates, you know, and it's just... When you find that that forever fit that puts the family's minds and heart at ease, that makes everything worthwhile. It is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. And, and as an e-emergency room social worker, I thought that I would make the biggest impact on people's lives working in the ER. But now helping families with long-term care, um, you know, this is another really rewarding thing that uh, I'm so thankful to be able to do.
0: Wow. I mean, it just sounds like that entire experience just from, hey, we have long-term care. They needed your help to make sure to navigate a way to be able to use that to make sure that they weren't losing all their resources in how to deal with all the expenses that they had. Wow. Okay. So you're now good friends with the with the family, and it sounds like that worked out great for them. In this type of situation, when you were able to know, knowing long-term care insurance, exactly what type of needs there might be, you mentioned the average cost of care in Hawaii is pretty expensive. What is it? I'm curious, because I have no concept of how much this would cost. I just know it's super expensive, and now you make me need to go get long-term care insurance. <laughs> On average, what are some of these costs?
1: So uh, these different facilities range anywhere from you know about two thousand dollars a month all the way up to fourteen thousand dollars a month, depending on the type of facility that you 're interested in and um, in home care is one on one care, so that also you know can really add up for families because Not only are you looking at the hourly rate, but a lot of these companies have a minimum number of hours you have to commit to per visit or a minimum hours per week you need to commit to. Uh, So, you know, the cost of care can add up for our local families.
0: Oh, it sounds like it when you're talking about 14,000 times 12. I'm just doing some quick math going, that's a lot of dollars. And although 2000 sounds like a bargain, that may not get you a lot of care if you need it, particularly 24-7. That's definitely not going to cover that cost. So a lot of different things people need to consider. Now,
1: you mentioned that you guys are available on all different islands. How do people find you? Oh, thank you. Um, well, when we first got started, luckily we have a small community in Hawaii and, you know, because of the coconut wireless, we grew through word of mouth and the need in the community. Uh, I try to do uh, speaking events to educate the public about different long-term care resources. And a lot of times we we get referrals from friends and family that we've helped. Now, you also have a website. Yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, our website is caresift.com. Uh, it's a difficult name to pronounce, CareSift. Some people call us CareAssist or CareFit, but it's CareSift because we started as a website to bring families and care providers together, and we intended that families would sift through their care options.
0: That's the great way to describe it. Basically, if you don't know where to start, you got to sift through all of it. You need CareSift. Well, I have to say, you have really inspired me to go get long-term care insurance and think about my plan, but also think about that for loved ones and for patients as well. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today, Nicole, right here on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show, or find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more about health topics right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then.